Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to episode two of Voices for the Wild. And today we've got a special guest, Sarah Cruttenden, who is a third-year animal behaviour student, and we'll be speaking about sea turtle hatchlings and discussing how light pollution affects their behaviour. Hi, my name is Sarah Cruttenden, and yep, I'm a third-year animal behaviour student at Manchester Metropolitan University. And recently I've been doing a lot of research into the available literature surrounding sea turtles, and specifically how light pollution affects sea turtle hatchlings and their ability to find the ocean. And it would be great to be able to share some insights into what I've learned. Amazing. So correct me if I'm wrong, sea turtles only spend time on beaches to nest. And other than that, they spend the rest of their lives in the ocean? Yes, correct. So light pollution mostly only affects hatchlings, not adults. When hatchlings emerge from their nests, they need to find the ocean straight away. Adults may not choose to nest on light polluted beaches, this has been known, but mostly they will nest on the same beach for the rest of their lives. So this is kind of an issue with light pollution only growing. Interesting. So when did light pollution become an issue and what does the future look like? So the issue of light pollution was recognised first during the 1970s and is as a result of urbanisation and economic growth. You know, like built up cities, industrial developments, that sort of thing. And it's basically in relation to night time where the natural levels of light produced from the moon and sky is less than that from artificial light on land. This excess of light in the atmosphere is called sky glow and can be seen from as far away as space, would you believe? Basically, the world is much brighter than it once was. And in relation to the future direction of light use, unfortunately for our wildlife, yes, it has been increasing and is predicted to increase every year. As we know, the global population is only growing and with that, so is the use of artificial light, like street lights, housing and outdoor lighting and so on. Although there are no direct predictions of for light pollution on beaches, it is likely given the increase globally. That makes sense. So how exactly does light pollution affect sea turtle hatchlings? Well, um, unfortunately, like many other species like birds, they can become disorientated. At night, when the hatchlings emerge from their nest beneath the sand, the sky glow causes increased light inland and all around the horizon and confuses the hatchlings. The reason they become confused and disorientated is because normally, without any light pollution from us, the horizon of the sea would be the area of brightest light and the hatchlings instinctively crawl towards what they see as the brightest area of light. Unfortunately, they can't distinguish between the light from the ocean and light from the land and they just follow the direction of brightest lights. Because of this, they have been found to crawl inland towards roads and holiday resorts and when this happens, it is most likely they will die from exhaustion or predation from other animals and even been hit by cars. And now, with increasing use of LEDs, which is something relatively new, Studies have found that this produces a brighter light than traditional ones and contains mostly blue wavelengths. And further studies have actually found that turtle hatchlings can be more attracted to this blue light, but it is currently unknown if this will increase the problem and lead to more hatchlings becoming disorientated due to this recent change in light use. Only time will tell. Sounds like a bit of a problem. So from an outside perspective looking in, what about the mother? Does she not look after her young? Ah, uh, no. So females only ever come to the beach to lay their eggs, and after that the hatchlings are on their own, and so the mother will not have any part in the hatchlings' lives once they hatch. Oh wow, sounds like I wouldn't want to be a sea turtle hatchling. You, you mentioned sky glow as a result of the world getting brighter, but what about the direct light from street lighting and holiday resorts? Does that disorient them too? Ah uh, yes, you're right. I probably wouldn't want to be a sea turtle hatchling either. Um, the answer is yes, but not as much as sky glow, but it does. Hatchlings have even been found congregating at the bottom of street lamps. Unfortunately, it is unlikely they will find their way back to the ocean when this happens. But yes, street lighting, holiday resorts and housing near to beaches can definitely directly influence them too. But the research available suggests it is mostly the overall effect of sky glow and has even been recorded to affect hatchlings up to 17 kilometres away. Wow, that's incredibly surprising. 
So does light pollution affect sea turtles all around the world? In short, yes. Uh, there are seven species of sea turtles and they are all nested around the world in tropical to temperate climates, including many beaches in Florida or Australia. And there are many overlaps of nesting sites between species and up to six of those species have even been found to nest on the same beach. And many can support three to five species at one time. Many of these are areas have built up with lots of light pollution. However, the studies that have been done have had conflicting results. These differences in results were mainly down to how much light pollution was in the area. The beaches in Florida, for example, where it is heavily light polluted, thousands of hatchlings became disoriented. However, on a small island on the Great Barrier Reef in Australia, one study showed no hatchlings to be affected because light pollution was so low. Ah, oh, that makes sense. But how certain is it that light pollution causes this issue? Ah, oh, that's a good question. You see, some studies found that there are multiple factors that can affect hatchlings becoming disoriented, like the shape of the beach, cloud cover, and even moon views can all contribute to hatchlings becoming confused. Because of this, it has been difficult for researchers to determine the exact extent that light pollution has on hatchlings. For example, on a full moon, the effects of light pollution has been found to be significantly reduced because the sky above the ocean is that much brighter than it would be on a new moon, with less light from the ocean. So that balance of light from the land and ocean is pretty critical for the survival chances of hatchlings when light pollution is present. It is also hard to determine the exact changes and future of the effects of light pollution on sea turtles because there has been no studies over a long period of time to prove that this is affecting the overall population, if that makes sense. Yes, that does make sense. So we know that hatchlings have been affected, and this varies a lot depending on how much light pollution is on a beach, but there is currently not enough evidence to be sure that this is directly affecting the population. Correct. An important thing to add is that survival of hatchlings is already extremely low. Even when they make it to the ocean, there is such a high chance of predation for animals like crabs or fish that it makes it even more important for as many hatchlings to make it to the ocean in time. Oh wow, they really have a hard time, don't they? Is there anything we as the public can do to help mitigate light pollution on the beaches at least? Uh, yes, fortunately there are a few things that we can do. If you live near a beach or on holiday, shutting the curtains and even turning the lights off at night during nesting season will reduce the amount of direct re lights reaching our beaches and is a quick and easy way to help. Unfortunately, sky glow is a much harder issue to tackle as it is an overall result of the global lights. But at least there is something that we can do. Are there any other things or changes in the environment that affect sea turtles potentially more than light pollution? Um, yes. Overfishing is likely the biggest threat to sea turtles. And although there are many restrictions in place to help reduce this, it is hard to completely monitor as obviously it is the ocean after all. You see, there often is a lot of bycatch from fishing and bycatch is basically anything caught in nets that wasn't supposed to be. Unfortunately, thousands of turtles are caught in these nets each year and it is the larger turtles that tend to get caught by accident, often ones of a reproductive age and so are critical to the future of the population. Hmm, okay. So yes, to summarise, evidence has shown that light pollution can affect hatchlings, but overall there is not enough evidence to be certain that this is affecting the population. And secondly, that the extent of the effect of light pollution is largely dependent on how much light pollution an area has. But due to the other external environmental factors affecting hatchling survival, it has been hard for researchers to be certain. But fortunately, there are still some minimally or completely unpolluted beaches out there for our hatchlings, for now at least. Overall though, light pollution, combined with other environmental changes like overfishing, mean that sea turtles are affected at all stages of their life. And as a result, all seven species range from either being vulnerable to critically endangered. Fortunately, conservation efforts have brought some species of sea turtle back from the brink of extinction. 
and for light pollution, if we as the public living near beaches or inland can switch off our lights during the night, we can help decrease our contribution to global light pollution and sky glow, helping many other species, not just sea turtles. Amazing. So everyone, you've heard it from the expert. Remember to turn those lights off at night. And um, look, I mean, it's been fantastic having you on here, Sarah. Appreciate your insights into a topic that probably most of us have never heard of before. No worries. And thank you for having me. And thank you to Orion for listening. Please tune in next week for episode three of Voices for the Wild, where we'll be discussing the effects of temperature rise on elephants in the savannah.